0: Hello and welcome. I'm Lynn Fries, producer of Global Political Economy, or GPE, newsdocs. In this segment, guest Lauren Gabriel will discuss the New Public Eye investigative report that puts the crucial role of pollination and the global threat to biodiversity and food security posed by bee-killing pesticides in the spotlight. A report that, for the first time, reveals the full scale of the European Union export trade in bee-killing pesticides. The report sheds light on the double standard that's been at play as the EU continues to export huge quantities of this pesticide, despite having banned the use of these chemicals in their own fields. Our guest, Lauren Gabriel, joins us from Public Eye in Lausanne, where he's an agriculture and food expert on the research and policy team. Public Eye is a Swiss not-for-profit organization with a long-standing record of fighting against injustice that has a significant link to Switzerland. Welcome, Lauren. Hello. So, Lauren, we'll be talking about key findings of this new Public Eye report. Start briefly by first telling us something about Public Eye and also your own area of expertise on the research and policy team. From there, the collaboration uh, between Public Eye and Unearthed in investigating Europe's export trade in banned pesticides, which I understand this report is the most recent uh, collaboration.
1: Yes, indeed. So you summarized it uh, pretty well. Public Eye is a Swiss NGO uh, acting as a watchdog Uh, looking at what uh, Swiss multinational companies and, in general, Swiss politics uh, are doing abroad uh, mainly in poor countries of the global south. Uh, So we look at uh, all the sectors, the economic sectors that are key in Switzerland, such as uh, the banking sector, the trading sector, the pharmaceutical companies, and pesticides, because in Switzerland we have the number one in the market, uh, which is called Syngenta. Uh, So this is the reason why uh, we are interested in the topic of pesticides. It's because in Switzerland, we have uh, the number one on the market. So um, I'm the food and agriculture expert at Public Eye, uh, dealing with this topic of pesticides, looking at um, Syngenta and uh, its activities uh, in uh, developing countries. Um, We've been looking now for um, several years at the topic of uh, banned Pesticides being sold or uh, being sold uh, abroad by uh, Swiss companies or banned pesticides being exported from Switzerland or the European Union uh, to poor countries. Um, this new investigation on the export of uh, uh, banned neonicotinoids from Europe is the latest in a series of investigations that we've done um, as a collaboration with uh, Unearthed which is the uh, investigative unit of uh, Greenpeace UK uh, looking at the uh, uh, export of banned pesticides from Europe.
0: So this banned pesticide that we're talking about, I understand, is chemically related to nicotine. And you get a a clue of that from the name. Is that right?
1: Completely right. Yeah. It's from the same family. So we're talking about neonicotinoids derived from the same family as nicotine. Uh, but in this case uh, developed to act as insecticides uh, to protect crops.
0: This new investigation has for the first time revealed the full scale of the European Union's export trade in neonicotinoids, or neonics for short. Start by talking about what's been called out as a double standard in this EU export trade of these neonics, and from there we'll get into some key findings uh, of your investigation.
1: This case of the neonics is really uh, the strongest example of the double standard at play uh, when it comes to regulating uh, dangerous pesticides in the EU. Those insecticides were banned uh, from all outdoor users in the Union in 2018, and then they were finally taken taken out of the market in 2020 because of the danger they pose to pollinators and bees. It was like a huge evidence, overwhelming evidence of the impact that they can have on bees and pollinators. So uh, the European Union decided to take them out of the market uh, a few years ago already. Uh, but they keep allowing companies to produce those chemicals uh, in Europe to export them to third countries. So it's really the classical example of this uh, double standard where uh, you ban a dangerous pesticide in your own country because you consider it too dangerous, but you keep exporting it to other countries. Uh, that's the double standard at play. But I was saying this is the strongest example of this double standard because in this specific case of uh, the neonicotinoids, um, the European Commission considered them such a a threat to pollinators worldwide and to food security that they even decided to act on the import of food made with those chemicals. So in February this year, the European Commission decided to ban, to lower down to zero, the residue limit for uh, neonicotinoids in food. And what does that mean? It means basically that you're not allowed anymore to export to the European Union. Um, foods uh, that contain residue of neonicotinoids. And the European Commission, in its own decision uh, to ban those residue, said that there's a big uh, problem with the decline of pollinators worldwide, that the decline of pollinators represents a threat to food security because they are pollinating pollinating crops, and that there's like um, large evidence that neonicotinoids play a key role in the in the decline of um, uh, bees and pollinators worldwide. And so the, Europe, the European Union needs to take action. And it's not enough to ban those pesticides in the Union, but the European Union, the, the threat is so big that the Union needs also to act on the import to make sure that no food that is consumed in the European Union was made with those beginning pesticides. So that was quite a strong decision that was made by uh, the European Commission in February this year showing, it shows you uh, how big of a threat uh, uh, the Commission, uh, those neonics uh, represent uh, in the view of the Commission. But at the same time, what we are showing in this investigation is that the European Union keeps exporting those pesticides to third countries. So they ban the use of those pesticides in the Union to protect bees, they even ban the import of foods made with those pesticides to protect bees and pollinators, but they keep allowing the export uh, from the European Union to other countries.
0: Lauren, what kind of volume are we talking about here, and what companies and countries have you identified as involved in this EU export of banned bee-killing pesticides?
1: So here, what we found is that in 2021, the European Union approved the export of uh, more than 13,000 tons of banned neonicotinoids. To give you an idea of what this represents, this is massive. It uh, amounts about to uh, 15 to 20% of the global use of those chemicals. So the amount that was exported from the EU in 2021 represent about 15 to 20% of the global use of those chemicals. So what are the key companies? What we found is that yeah, you have a number of companies involved, but there's one single company that alone uh, account for more than 80% of the exports. And this company is uh, Syngenta, Swiss based Syngenta. Uh, but you have also a number of other companies like Bayer, BSF, and smaller or medium-sized companies like Gohan, FMC, uh, New Farm, UPL, Beluga and others. So we're talking about a dozen uh, uh, of companies that are shipping uh, banned neonics uh, from uh, the European Union. Uh, in terms of countries, exporting countries is basically from everywhere. We could identify certain countries, 13 different countries members of the European Union that have notified exports of banned neonics in 2021. Now, I'm saying certain countries, but there's a small number of countries, again, that are responsible for most of the exports. Belgium uh, is the number one exporter followed by France, the Netherlands, Germany and Spain. And together, those five countries, they amount for the vast uh, majority of the volumes uh, coming out of the Union in 2021.
0: In terms of EU exporting countries, as as you say, five countries exported the vast bulk of banned neonics. So on the import side, where did these EU exports go?
1: What we found is that the vast majority of those exports were going to low or middle-income countries uh, such as Brazil, Ukraine, Indonesia, South Africa, Argentina, but also a number of uh, African countries.
0: Talk about the case of Brazil as an importing country at the receiving end of these EU exports.
1: Well, Brazil was the main destination of the EU exports of, uh, of uh, banned uh, pesticides. In fact, Brazil alone received about half uh, of the volumes exported from the EU. More than 6,000 tons of uh, banned neonics were exported by the EU uh, to Brazil in 21. In fact, the vast majority of those uh, 6,000 tons were one single export made by Syngenta from Belgium uh, of a product called NGO Pleno S. Uh, and just to give you an idea what this represents, uh, this 6,000 tons represent enough to spray the entire area of New Zealand. Uh, it also, uh, it's, it's also enough to spray uh, seven to ten times the entire surface of uh, Belgium. So it's huge. We're talking about huge amounts. Those neonics were banned in Europe, considered too dangerous here, right? So it is, in our view, wrong to send them abroad. But in this case, there is two aggravating factors. And the aggravating factor is that we're shipping it to low and middle income countries, where we know the regulations are weaker and the risks will be higher right? So uh, the risk of pollinators and bees dying because of exposure to neonics will be even higher uh, in those countries like Brazil, Argentina or South Africa or Ghana uh, than in the EU. And another aggravating factor is that those countries are also home uh, to some of the largest amount of uh, biodiversity. So we're talking about countries that are mega mega diverse I think that's the that's the, that's the word they're using we're talking about mega diverse countries uh, uh, that have a lot of insects of pollita- pollinating insects or bees a variety of bees and uh, that makes them more sensitive that makes them more vulnerable and so the impact in those countries will be much higher no so just to summarize again two aggravating factors one the countries to which the EU is exporting those pesticides have weaker regulation, weaker control measures in place, and the risks will be higher. Uh, but second, uh, those are countries that are like um, main uh, reservoir of biodiversity on Earth, like Brazil, which is home of uh, uh, more than 20% of the world's biodiversity. So shipping, ca- shipping bee killing uh, pesticides in those, in, in those countries is really irresponsible.
0: So how are people in the importing countries responding to your findings, given this is the first time uh, the full scale and extent of EU exports of banned neonics and where they're going has been made public?
1: We've contacted uh, beekeepers and uh, campaigners in, uh, in importing countries to, to get their view, uh, to see what they were thinking about those findings that the EU keeps exporting those banned neonics. And they were quite shocked because uh the eu has this reputation of uh of uh, of being a leading player when it comes uh, to uh, uh chemical safety uh the eu says that it wants to lead by example globally and it, it is believed to be the global standard when it comes to uh, uh chemical regulation globally so there's a sense of hypocrisy also double standard um, that the EU is shipping to their countries pesticides that the EU knows will kill bees. When we talk to um, beekeepers in Argentina, in Argentina, there's really a serious problem with uh, uh, the decline of pollinators and bees. It seems they've lost about 30% of their bees in the past decade. So the, it's really massive that you have a number of cases of uh, millions of bees dying in several parts of the countries, and they've been able to link uh, those cases, most of the cases at least, with uh, the use of neonic's right in the country. And so, when we um, um, asked the the Society for Beekeepers in Argentina what they were thinking about uh, the findings of our research, they were quite shocked by the fact that the EU was involved in the the massive decline of pollinators that they're facing in Argentina. They said that neonics represent a very serious threat to their food security and they called the EU to immediately stop uh, the export of those hazardous chemicals. So most of the NGOs and experts that we've interviewed in South Africa or Argentina or Brazil, uh, they call this a double standard. And they call this an irresponsible practice from the EU, and they hope that uh, the EU will take the lead in that regard and stop those exports.
0: I'll just briefly refer to the map of Europe uh, provided in the report, and in that map, the 13 EU countries you identified as exporting banned neonicotinoids in 2021 are indicated by a color coding of pink. And to recap your earlier comment, five of those countries were responsible for most neonics exported in 2021 from the EU. Belgium was the number one exporting country, followed by France, the Netherlands, Germany, and Spain. And as you noted, one single export made by Syngenta from Belgium uh, was big enough to cover the surface of New Zealand. Talk more about what your investigation of EU exports of Neonics reveals about Syngenta. As we know from your opening comments, pesticides are an important topic at Public Eye because Syngenta is headquartered in Switzerland. And since uh, Switzerland is not uh, a member state of the European Union, we should note that like other non-EU countries, Switzerland as an exporter or non-exporter of neonics is not covered in this study. And so as a non-EU country, uh, Switzerland is color-coded gray in, in this map.
1: Okay. Yeah, Switzerland is indeed in grey, uh, in the, in this map because it's not an EU member, but also because, uh, in the, uh, in Switzerland, in fact, neonicotinoids are not yet, uh, subject to this regulation, uh, on the export of banned pesticides. So basically, companies can export neonics from Switzerland freely without even notifying the importing country. Uh, but yes, the, the investigation was really focused on the EU as a, as a, uh, as a group on the EU's exports of, uh, of banned neonics. We mentioned before that uh, Syngenta is the leading uh, company exporting from Europe. Uh, it alone exported uh, more than 80% of all the volumes. And, and, and what's more, uh, we are speaking only about the EU exports here. Syngenta has a lot of uh, factories. Uh, in many, many European countries in which they manufacture either um, the neonics themselves or products based on the neonics. And Syngenta is uh, nearly exclusively shipping one specific neonic, which is called Thymetoxan. Uh, and again, the company alone amount for account for uh, more than 80% of uh, the volumes. But what I want to say is that, in fact, um, those numbers might well be an underestimate of the real Syngenta exports of banned neonics from Europe because it doesn't include exports from Switzerland, which might play a leading role in this trade. But we have no clue about the exact uh, scale and extent of those exports because neonics are not yet subject to the PIC regulation in Switzerland.
0: Explain how prior informed consent or PIC regulation works so that we can all understand why you were able to analyze neonics that were produced and exported by Syngenta's EU-based factories, like its EU subsidiary in Belgium, but not by Syngenta Switzerland. So start how PIC regulation works in the European Union and, and then we can get into the point that neonics are not yet subject to PIC regulation in Switzerland.
1: So what happens in the European Union, but also in Switzerland, um, is that when a uh, pesticide is judged too dangerous uh, uh, for use in, in its own territory, uh, the chemical will be banned, right? But the ban will only apply to the use in the European Union. And companies remain free to produce the chemical for export, right? But In that uh, situation, there is a piece of legislation called the PIC regulation, which is the Prior Informed Consent Regulation. This is the regulation implementing the Rotterdam Convention in the European Union. And under this regulation places some obligation on companies uh, wanting to export banned chemicals abroad, right? It doesn't apply only to pesticides, but it apply in general to hazardous chemicals that have been banned in the European Union or in Switzerland. So if a company wants to export a pesticide that has been banned in the European Union, it can do so, but it needs to file a formula, which is called an export notification, in which it will basically indicate the name of the countries to which it is shipping uh, those pesticides, uh, the volumes, but also the intended use uh, that will be made of those chemicals. And those notifications are then sent by the company to the country, to the government in the union who will transmit those documents to the importing country. And the idea behind this system is that countries abroad are informed uh, about the export of dangerous pesticide or dangerous chemicals to their country. So that that's really the the reasoning behind this legislation is that at a minimum countries need to be informed. So those exports have remained secret for a long time uh, because there is no public data uh allowing uh, uh someone to just uh, uh trace those exports, uh see the volumes at stake and where they're going. Uh, so um last year um, with, uh, together with Unearthed, which is the uh, uh, investigative unit of Greenpeace UK, what we did was to um, send requests, freedom of information requests, uh, to the European Chemical Agency, but also to several national governments, uh, requesting basically all the export notifications that were sent in 2021 for export of uh, one of those uh, three uh, neonicotinoids that were banned in the EU. And it took us uh, several months to get all of those documents because you have hundreds of them. And um, each time the regulator needs to get the consent of the company before releasing the data, at least they need to consult them and allow them sufficient time uh, to reply. So that is why it takes such a long time. But after several months of work, uh, we were able to obtain all the export notification for one single year, 21. For those banned uh, neonics and what we did then was to analyze the notification one by one and keep only those exports for uh, use in agriculture in uh, those countries because we have to be aware that uh, pesticides can have multiple use one is the most famous one which is crop protection plant protection agriculture but uh, pesticides can also be used in other contexts such as uh, vector control uh, for malaria control, or, for example, as uh, a collar for dogs or biocides, Okay, And those users might be uh, still allowed in the EU. So what we had to do as a second step was to uh, basically um, identify those notifications in which the intended use was crop protection. Um, And after several months of work, we were able for the first time to reveal the full scale of, uh, of uh, one year of exports of uh, banned neonics from the EU.
0: That then explains the long story behind the source credited on maps you produce. That source being, to quote, public eye and unearthed analysis of data submitted to the European Chemical Agency in 2021. You've yet to do an equivalent analysis on Swiss exports of neonicotinoids. So explain um, that.
1: Yeah, so Switzerland has banned the use of the neonics. But what they haven't done is to list the neonics in the export regulation, in the regulation dealing with the export of hazardous chemicals. And as neonics are not listed in that regulation, they're not subject to the regulation and therefore they can be exported without any control from Switzerland. So we have basically no clue what's coming out of Switzerland. And it's possible that Switzerland plays a key role in this trade. Syngenta has in Switzerland one of its uh, biggest factories in the world, in Montaigne. Um And we know that they are making uh, neonics uh, in Monte, but we have no clue about the uh, the scale and the volumes that go out of Monte because basically the list of chemicals subject to uh, the export regulation in Switzerland is outdated. The last time it was uh, updated was uh, three years ago. Um, And so all of the um, uh, pesticides that were banned in the last uh, four years uh, have not yet been listed in this regulation and can still be exported freely out of Switzerland okay in europe that's the mechanism no that's how it works in the eu you have a regulation as well dealing with the export of hazardous chemicals this is the peak regulation but if you want a chemical to be subject to that regulation you need to include it in the list of chemicals subject to the regulation right and in the eu this is done every year um, uh, uh, quite well quite mechanically so every year basically what they do is they take all the pesticides and other chemicals that were banned during the, the last uh, 12 months and they include them in the list of chemicals subject to the peak regulation. In Switzerland we have a problem at that uh, uh, in that regard which is that the update of the list is not being done every year um, as in the EU but it's been done every four, five or even six years meaning that during all this period of time the pesticides can still be exported without any control. The obligation for companies to send export notification applies only if the chemical is, is listed in the peak regulation and you need to list it. But if you don't do that, then the chemical can still freely be exported. In Switzerland, what they told us is that they are planning to update the list soon, uh, but soon in Swiss times, no? Uh, meaning that uh, um, uh, they plan to release a draft uh, update uh, for the end of this year that would come into force in 25, 2025. So what that means is that during the next uh, two years, uh, companies will be able to keep exporting freely those chemicals from Switzerland without any control and without, ev- uh, without even needing to notify those exports to the Swiss government. We know that a number of other countries around the world are also exporting those neonic's like the USA, China, or even India. Uh, But we don't have any data uh, because in order to get the data, uh, you need to have this regulation in place, which is in place in the European Union. And that's a positive thing that uh, the European Union has uh, this legislation in place that at least puts some minimum obligation on company mm. wanting to export because it it enable us to uh, to get the data huh? if you don't have this obligation then company do not need to set export notification and then you don't get to see uh, the volumes that go out of the countries so with this investigation we are not Uh, saying that the EU is the only bad guy in the world, is the only exporter of banned neonics. No, there's a number of countries that play a leading role in this trade, including probably Switzerland. Uh, But the EU is the only um, um, region for which we were able to get uh, strong and comprehensive data for one single year.
0: Having said that it's a positive thing, the EU has this legislation in place for the reasons you stated, Explain why, in your view, this is not enough.
1: In our view, this uh, does does not go far enough. Of course, it's a first interesting step to inform the country. I'd say it's a, it's the minimum. No, it's a it's a it's a pesticide that was banned in the European Union. So, at the minimum, uh, you inform a country that you are exporting uh, to its territory. That's that's to me the minimum. But it's not enough because what we are seeing is that. Uh, Um, In fact, it's a mechanism that allows the export under certain conditions. And those chemicals that were considered too dangerous for use in the Union, they will provoke in those countries the same harm that they have provoked uh, in the European Union. So in our view, there should be no such system. Because if the EU considers those chemicals too dangerous for use in the Union, they should not ship them outside because they know they are aware of the risk and they are aware of the fact that those risks are not manageable. In fact, whatever you do, they're not manageable. And that's the reason why they were taken out of the market in the European Union. So being aware of those risks and being aware uh, of the fact that in fact, Uh, Whatever the capacities, the control measures, the resources that you put in place, you will not be able to mitigate those risks and ensure that the pesticides can be safely used. If you're aware of this, you should just stop the export.
0: So what's the state of play at the European Commission on all this?
1: The current practice is to inform countries, right? Uh, And that's the defense. Uh, that uh, the European Commission used to have and also that many uh, companies, exporting companies use. No, they're basically saying, oh, but we provide them the information and they are sovereign countries and they have the rights to decide what they want to import or what they want to use in their countries. The mood has changed a lot in the EU because governments and the European Commission used to hide behind this argument that uh, we are providing information to those countries and the um, uh, sovereign countries that have a right to decide what they want to use and import, right? But that has changed a lot. And I think partly because of the scandal uh, uh, that, those, uh, uh, that uh, past investigation have created in the EU, because I think EU citizens just do not accept this practice and people in importing countries don't accept this double standard. So uh, the European Commission has committed to end uh, this practice. This uh, this commitment came in uh, 2020, in October, uh, in the chemical strategy. They said um, that they want uh, to come up with a proposal uh, to uh, prohibit this practice of uh, companies exporting abroad chemicals that are banned in the EU. So that was really a good uh, step uh, that was made in 2020 by the Commission. The European Commission uh, has said that it would come up uh, until the end of this year, 2023, with a proposal to ban those exports. Uh, And in fact, the Commission has just launched a public consultation and an impact assessment uh, to identify Uh, different scenarios uh, for this export ban and we expect the Commission to publish a proposal uh, in autumn this
0: year. As these public consultations and impact assessments are underway, what in your view are some key things to bear in mind um, in assessing the impact of an EU export ban on First. From the perspective of the exporting country, so the EU, and let's take the impact on jobs in the economy in Europe, which will be a big topic. What are some of your thoughts uh, there?
1: What we have seen is that, in fact, the impact of an export ban in Europe on employment and on the economy will be pretty limited. And there's one main piece of evidence for that, which is the, the French export ban. So France has an export ban for banned pesticides, which is in place uh, since last year. Uh, It came into force in January 22. And we did uh, an investigation last year to look at the impact of this export ban. The export ban managed to um, stop most of the exports, although some exports are still taking place uh, because of two loopholes in the export ban. But I'd say that about three quarters of the volumes that were previously exported from France were not longer exported last year, right? So the export ban had an impact in France. Now, there was a study looking at the impact on employment and jobs. And in fact, during the hot phase, when the French export ban was discussed, the industry released very exaggerated figures about the impact that this would have on employment. Speaking about, I think, 2,700 uh, jobs that uh, would be at risk if France would ban the export of banned pesticides. And then one year later, uh, one uh, investigative journalist took a look at the impact and found absolutely no impact, no evidence of any job that was lost because of the French export ban. Uh, And a group of NGOs now filed uh, a complaint to the Senate, uh, to the French Senate uh, and the French Senate uh, sent, um, how you call that, uh, a warning to the pesticide industry in France, recognizing that, in fact, the numbers that were provided by the industry were very exaggerated. So that is basically the same strategy that the industry now is using uh, at uh, the EU level. They're, they are exaggerating a lot uh, the potential impact of this export ban uh, could have on the industry providing huge figures for the number of jobs that uh, are at risk.
0: And from the perspective of the importing countries, what's your assessment on how big an impact an EU export ban on eonics would be there?
1: The impact in importing countries will be quite large, in fact, because the EU is one of the main producing uh, place for chemicals around the world. And the EU is even one of the main pesticide exporters around the world. So if you change the rules here, this will have quite some impact in those countries. Of course, you could argue that those countries will still be free to buy from somewhere else. Right. But it gives a strong signal. Right. And it gives a strong signal, a political signal that other countries will follow. And ultimately, those chemicals will be hopefully taken out of the market globally. Right. It's a first step. So not pretending that we are going to resolve all the problems with this export ban. Right. It's a first step, but it's a first very important step. It's about getting things right, doing things in an ethical uh, manner, leading by example, leading by example. That is, This is what uh, the EU wants to do, lead by example, and then lead other countries to follow its own example. Um, and ultimately, this will be very beneficial uh, for the environment and human health globally
0: and a concluding thought
1: the findings of uh, this investigation are very serious because we are facing a mass extinction of insects globally really a massive decline of insects and pollinators that the food uh, and agriculture organization has called a a massive threat to food security because two-thirds of the world food crops are pollinated by bees and other insects. So it's, it's not just about bees or insects, but it's about food security and food production. Uh, and we're facing this massive wave of extinction. And we know that one of the key factors behind this decline are neonics.
0: Lauren Gabriel, thank you. Thank you. And from Geneva, Switzerland, thank you for viewing this segment of GPE News Docs with guest Lauren Gabriel discussing Public Eye's 2023 investigative report on EU exports of banned bee-killing pesticides. The report, published by Public Eye in collaboration with Unearth, was published May 17th and is available online at www.publiceye.ch.